We are kicking off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you this week by Wandering Monster. Um, you've heard me talk about Wandering Monster a lot. Those first, check them out, wandering-monster.com. Uh, Wandering Monster basically takes care of, like, if you have always wanted to play D&D and you never played before and you're curious, uh, you can sign up for public or private sessions to play with professional uh, DM Greg Barrett. You've heard him on this very show with uh, Building Character, so you know that he knows his D&D. But there's also something new that he has added recently, not just for playing D&D, but he's now started a Storyteller's Workshop dungeon design. You can sign up for that on the public sessions. I think there's like one left. So this is for basically, this is like behind the DM screen thing. Um, it's a workshop designed for 10 to 18 year olds who, you know, they played D&D a little bit and maybe they want to run their own game. But sometimes that can be intimidating. I, I, I have been there. I still go through that. Um, with the Storytellers Workshop, you kind of get the building blocks to run and create your own D&D adventure, your own campaign that you then run with your, you know, with your friends, you know, what's required, some great tips. But you know what, even if you're not ever going to want to be a DM, if you're just going to be a player, you think, your whole gaming life, kind of like learning how the games are built, the story story structure, encounters, how you find the balance between combat and puzzles, that's all really good stuff to learn as a player, too, because it helps you experience the game um, in a more deeper, in a more deep, richer ways to enjoy the game. So check it out. I believe there is one workshop left for uh, Storytellers Workshop Dungeon Designs. So find all of this, though, at wandering-monster.com. And when you do, uh, when you sign up or whatever, on a little note, it's like, tell them, like, hey, I heard about you on Geek in the City Radio, which we're going to start two, three, right now. Welcome to issue 612 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. And I'm your other host, Cable Hashitani. And that's it. Well, today that's it. Uh, uh, Bean had some things she had to take care of and was not able to join us. Um, she's very bummed because she really wanted to talk about Shang-Chi and hang out. And Without that. talking about Shang-Chi. Right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna attempt to we're gonna attempt to review uh, the movie with as little spoilers as possible. You might say we're gonna kind of talk rings around it. And with that, I have with Aaron Duran. Thank you for listening to Geek <laughs> City Radio. It's been a good run, um, but I now quit. Are Are you mad that I made the joke and you didn't? Uh, I'm mad at many levels of that joke. <laughs> uh, one that yeah, that I did not think of at first. Uh, two that you thought of it. Not because it's a bad joke, but I thought you were a better person than that. Uh, I'm really not. The pande- pandemic has taken it out of me. I'm just, I'm awful now. We are all broken now. That is, <laughs> such is the way. This is the way. This, this is the way. 
Yeah, man. I apologize if if audio is going to jump on here in a second because I'm going to try and. Are you trying some stuff? There it is. It's whenever I go to log into our uh, Facebook Live so I can chat. Yeah. The first thing it does is turn on the it, like every time I turn off the volume on all video and it just flips it back on. Oh right, yeah. So there's always a second of why hello usually <laughs> the second backup thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I end up doing the same thing for sure. I, I appreciate that Edelin um, also approves of your disapproval of me. That's good, as 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 they should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, as they say, yeah. the show must go on, even though the Bean is on assignment. Um, so we're going to talk about, like you said, Shang-Chi. What else are we yeah. going to talk about? Uh, well, we've got a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of, like, catching up. We've got basically, what, two what-ifs and two lower decks? We do. Which is a yeah. lot. Which is a lot. Um, trying to think what else is going on that we could, like, chat about. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the big thing. I mean... Um, nothing the matrix trailer dropped today yeah that was really interesting i haven't watched it yet so i'm just aware that it dropped i can't yeah it's it's definitely interesting i like what they've done so far um i don't know if you've seen like the screen caps or whatever um the only screen caps i've seen have are very specific of uh, Jessica Henwick, who was the only good thing about Iron Fist. She played Colleen Wing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. He's apparently in the movie. It's pretty cool. Like, it claims that this teaser trailer has 180,000 different combinations, which is... Not entirely true. So what it works is they have, if you click on the, the Warner Brothers link, it has, it says, choose your pill, red or blue. Mm-hmm. Um, which other one you click on depends on who you end up talking to. But it says like, you know, you think this is real, blah, 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 or this is real. The one they get you with is like, say if I were to click on it right now, mm-hmm. if I to click on the red one, you'd hear Keanu, like, you think this is real. You think that it's 637 in the evening. <laughs> That's how they do it. It's got an mm-hmm. algorithm. The moment you click on it, it knows what time you're at, and it tells you that. So that's how, yes, technically there are 180,000 different combinations of the teacher trailer. Sure. Yeah. That's clever. It is clever, actually. Yeah. Um, it's weird hearing Neil Patrick Harris's voice. Because it's been con- well, it was confirmed in the trailer recap when someone talked about it at the festival or whatever. He plays a therapist that Neo is talking to. Hmm. So if you click the blue pill, you get Neil Patrick Harris's voice as the opening instead of Keanu. Okay. So that might curious be, about it. Might be an sure. after show uh, trailer I watch. Yeah. Hmm. I am definitely intrigued. Like, the, it's got to be something in order to be a follow-up to everything that the Matrix trilogy was in the first place. Right. I mean, I'm okay if they kind of play loosey-goosey with two and three. Especially three. 
because for me, three just became Terminator. It just became a Terminator movie. It just became people fighting machines. I was like, mm. that was that was my thing. That's fair. It's yeah. been a long time since I've seen either one of any of them actually. I mean, the first one's still amazing. It's still mm-hmm. great, you know. So, and the second two have their have their things, but I personally feel like they they fall off the they fall off the cliff pretty fast there in terms mm-hmm. of content. Um, yeah, so there's that. I'm trying to think what else. Um, yeah, kind of a weirdly slow week. I think that's okay. There's like. Yeah. Like here in town, we have the Rose City Comic Con coming up this weekend. Yep, I will. I will be there in a very limited capacity and like double masked up. Definitely double mask. Um, yeah. If you're going, they did finally request that you must bring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test that was yeah. done within 48 hours of the day you're attending. Um, yeah. My personal opinion, they waited a month and a half too long to make this decision. Well, they didn't even make it. It was forced on them. This is true. That yeah, I, I do I, keep forgetting that Metro yeah. made them do this. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they were actually being pretty chicken shit about it. They, mm-hmm. I think they knew that Metro was going to do this, so they were just staying quiet. So that when they get complaints, they can be like, was it our call? Yeah, I don't they, really know who the new owners are, but they have not impressed me at all to date. Left Field Media yeah. is the parent company. Yeah, I know nothing nothing about that. So. I did a little digging because I wanted to for work. Ah, since, right. Since we are partnered with them. Well, we are Guardian Games and Rainy Day Games are a sponsor. Right. But this will be the first time that Guardian Games is at this convention. That is true. Yeah. So this will be interesting. So I yeah. will also be there this weekend, double masked, most likely in a Starfleet uniform. Oh, nice! Yeah, is I was talking to my boss about uh, what uniforms people were going to have to wear in the booth. She's like, "Yeah, you can do this. You can do this." And it's like, wear a guardian shirt. Wear this. It's like, okay, fine. And then she asked me point blank, "So what costume are you wearing?" I'm like. Okay. <laughs> I will show up in costume. Don't make everyone right. have to wear their uniform. Oh, okay. <laughs> Done. That's cool. So, do you want to just, what should we do first? The animated shows, or should we jump well, into Shang-Chi? I think we should just go ahead and jump into Shang-Chi because we can keep that fairly brief and then spend the rest of the episode on the animated shows because she's just. Both of them were just packed full of, yeah. Ugh. There's yeah, so much the in hardest, Lord of Dex alone. The hardest thing to cover about Shang Chi is trying to keep it spoiler free. Um, I I think I, I've I've gotten pretty good at it, which is yeah. um, this was dumb of me, but I went into this movie with moderately high expectations. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having high expectations of something. I think no, fine. but the, the majority of the times, it's like, no, you should not set your expectations too high because that way you can really be surprised. This I was expecting a lot out of. Right. Uh, especially the way that um, 
Simu Lu and uh, and Kevin Feige have been talking about it. And they're like, no, this isn't the movie that any of you think it is. Trust us, show up and, and we'll show you something. Right. And so I had high expectations, which were met and then exceeded. Um, it fascinates me that this movie is manages to hit uh, or match the hype for it all the way across the board. Right. Um, that in and of itself, I think, is a reason to go for people to go see it or see it when it's on streaming. If you're not comfortable going to a theater, don't go to a goddamn theater. Yeah, if you're, not if you're not comfortable about it. Um, however, I have learned that in Portland, if you're only comfortable seeing places where you know everyone attending has either been, has been vaccinated, mm-hmm. uh, Laurelhurst is showing Shang-Chi and they have joined the independent theaters in Portland saying, uh, no proofs of vaccination, uh, no movie for you. That they have. I've actually been telling that to people. They're like, oh yeah, I want to go see it, but you know, theaters. I'm like, oh yeah, the Laurelhurst is showing it and they require proof of vaccination. They're like, yeah, that's different. I'm going to the Laurelhurst. That changes everything. (laughs) It does. It really makes a difference. And And they did a, they did a big remodel during the shutdown. So I'm really curious how it looks inside. Yep. Uh, Not that this, like I enjoyed our viewing. We went to the Cinemark, Mm -hmm. um, which is still great. That's one of the, the better viewing experiences in Portland. Um, yeah, I do find it more comfortable than, say, the living room theater. The living room theater is great, but eh. yeah, it's still I don't know, still a little small sometimes. So yeah, and there's the uh, there's the studio ones just off Powell, mm-hmm. um, but they're still kind of on my shit list. Because they circumvented Oregon's uh, closing theater laws by saying, no, we're a restaurant that will just screen your favorite movie while you're there. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, they got caught and busted, by the way. And I believe fined heavily. Good. And I do believe they tried, they ran a GoFundMe to help them pay for the, help us pay our fines. I don't know whatever came out of that. And I don't know if I'm correct on that, but I was like, well, that's good to know. You guys knew what you were doing. You took the chance. You got busted. Like, come on. I, I am less interested in ever attending a movie there. Good job. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like uh, I know the Asian American community that uh, has been paying attention to this movie a lot has been um, going through what has been coined as rep sweats. Rep sweats? Rep sweats, where you watch something that is supposed to be oh. representative of a monolith. Right. And you, for you some just reason, hoping... my, my brain went to a workout thing in my head. I was like, eh. but uh, yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah. I, I'm sure if like you would be having the same thing, if this had been in all um, Latinx and Mexican American uh, cast and character. And you just never gonna happen. Going, Please God. I, I want it to happen so bad. I, Oh man. I mean, Probably not nearly as much as you, but I want to. I want to see that happen. Yeah. Um, I, because I want everybody to have these experiences in the theater. Yeah. We're and just then, the biggest movie going audience. Why would you make a movie starring us? Um, 
the, it's interesting. So that, uh, I, I should let you, what did you think of Shang-Chi without uh, spoiling anything? This guy right um, Shang-Chi. <laughs> I had a... You no living with you with that minifig anymore. Uh, I had a blast at it. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I mean, on, on one level, I already knew I was going to like it because of the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been a fan of this whole cast in, in one form or another for... For years, like I, you know, I, I'm kind of late to the Aquafina party. I came into her, onto her during Crazy Rich Asians, and then I started looking for everything else. Um, Same piece. You know, uh, Simu, I, you know, I, I think like most Americans discovered him at Kim's Convenience and was like, mm-hmm. he's great. Um, I've been a Tone of the Young fan, which we'll get to, I think, in a little bit here, since I was in high school. Not realizing that this is like his first big Hollywood movie. I'm like, what do you mean? I've been watching him for most of my life. Do you know uh, what his then... first movie was? Uh-uh. He was 16 years old and it was Game of Death. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> I was coming through his IMDb. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. His first movie was Game of Death. That was oh, Game of Death. Man. After the second one after Big Boss, right? Yes. Yeah. Game Game of Death was uh, Lee's last film. And oh, I'm has... thinking. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Game of Death is the one with Chuck Norris. No, I think that's Big Boss. Well, may, no, yes, we it might is. be reversing them. It is with Chuck Norris. You're right. Yeah. Um, it's also with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. and it has. The, and Lee is in the um, his iconic all yellow jumpsuit with the black stripe. Yeah, and then like you know M- Michelle Yeoh again. I have been watching again since I was like a freshman in high school or a sophomore. I have been finding videos of as much as I rip on my old whole town. We used to have a place called All the Best Video, and that was a wonderfully curated video store. Like. And they didn't have like a quote foreign section, like action movies, no matter, no matter what country they came from, if he could find it on VHS, he, and it was action, like the owner put it in action. You know, I, I, yeah, that was all, I think my first exposure to anime was because of that store, like that Mm -hmm. store. I love that video store so much. So going into it, I knew I was going to like it. Even if for some reason the story was going to falter, I knew I was going to enjoy seeing these performers on screen. And none of them disappointed, like, at all. No. Not at all. Um, and I also knew that, like, I knew the choreography was very likely going to be great, even from just the trailers. Mm-hmm. And again, me being, like, that old school, like, Hong Kong action ner- nerd, in the trailer, they show part of the fight on the bus. And there's that part where he does the flex of the jumps in his little, in his bl- in his jacket. And I'm like, oh, shit. I, that's I, that's that Bruce Lee flex. Like I fucking know that flex. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. And like then I was like, okay, everyone who did the stunt coordinating in this movie have studied. They know exactly what they're doing. Yep. And then I read an early review that said, you know, the fights in this give me vibes of police story. And I'm like, oh, well, well okay. Then I'm down. Then but, those are strong words. Yeah. The thing I didn't expect, and this isn't a spoiler because there's some hinting of it in the trailer. Because like in the trailer, you see the water, you see the dragon. I didn't expect that much um, uh, Chinese mythology and fantasy elements. Not that much. 
I thought it was going to be a bit more like that invades, quote, the modern world kind of thing. I, I, yeah, I don't want to say too much about that, but I, I will yeah, say all, that, that... I was excited um, for it. Yeah, the, the movie itself sets you up for that, where I went in expecting hard-boiled and instead got House of Flying Daggers. And exactly. That, and that's that's yeah. what... But they set that up at the beginning of the movie. So if you have any familiarity with Hong Kong cinema, you see that and you go, oh, I know exactly what kind of martial arts movie this is. And then you get it. And it's like, Especially yeah. That one of the earlier fights. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds into that fight, I'm like, oh, it's this kind of movie too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Fantastic. Yep. It, it is it's gorgeous and it is well worth it and um um Aquafina and, and Simu Leung have or see they have great chemistry together on screen oh they're perfect they're perfect <laughs> um and I I like that as uh Michelle Yeoh points out this is her for her second movie with Aquafina because they both oh, did right. crazy, yeah. Rich, yeah, they did crazy yeah. rich Asians with each other. Oh, uh, yo, much nicer in this one than in Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, the, those two are great. Tony Leung is. I'm so glad that American audiences finally get to meet him, as this is legitimately his first Hollywood movie. It still blows which is me insane, away. right? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's it's his first one. Norm, um, I, Norm, I agree with you. I don't want to say that in the show proper because that is kind of, it's not a spoiler, but I don't know. Cable and I try to be really careful about. Yeah, like, going, yeah. Aaron and I have been like looking at other articles to talk about all these different things that have nothing to do with the movie, that have to right. do about with the careers of the people in it. Yeah. Um, I, it we should say that it's at... Uh, just under $95 million opening weekend in the U.S. alone. Yeah, it's the biggest four-day Labor Day opening weekend ever. Yep. So Those things are so weird how they break all those down. Yep. And the biggest pandemic Monday. I, yeah. I mean, good for them, but it's, I'm always like, God, it's such the weirdest thing to aim for. But, I mean, I'm happy for the, the people on the in the movie and stuff, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but, yeah... If you've never heard of uh, Tony Leung, uh, go check out. There's an article in GQ right now that's a, a personal one-on-one interview, with, which is really great. Um, dude is also 59 years old. It's crazy. He is just nine years older than I am. <laughs> um, I liked, I forgot that he's referred to as age as Clark Gable and that it's kind of spot on. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, The actress to watch out for, who also had fantastic on-screen chemistry, was Minger Zhang. Um, She plays a character named Xia Ling. Right. And that is is all I'm saying about her character. Uh, Other than uh, there's an interview with her that is spoiler filled so you read it after you watch the movie but it does talk about the fact that her hair uh in the movie was originally had a splash of color in it Mm -hmm. and early in filming she 
started reading articles starting in Teen Vogue and, and other places talking about the trope of the strong Asian female who's a rebel and also has one uh, offset color in her hair. And then it lists all of these examples. Um, Knives Chow being one of the lead ones from Scott Pilgrim. Right. Um, and she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And uh, she went to uh, the director. Uh, I keep forgetting the guy's name because I keep getting his the, his names uh, backwards. Destin Daniel Cretton. Yeah, um, about <laughs> and she's like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, oh, yeah, we don't want to do that. Nope, your hair's all black. Right. Um, this is her first movie. That's nuts. It is her first movie. Watch her because she's going to do huge things. Yeah, she's going to be great. Like, for sure. I know we're not talking much about Simu, even though this is his movie, but it's because he he nails everything. He's Shang-Chi. Right. <laughs> there's, I don't think there's a more complimentary thing to say about him other than Simu Lu is Shang-Chi. Yeah, he's great. Um, that's that's him. That's his performance, like, and it almost feels like effortless the way he plays the character. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you off air what scene it was that just absolutely just stabbed me in the heart that he did, and I'm like, oh man, that that is some acting right there. Um, but yeah, it, I cried a lot in this movie. It was so good. <laughs> man, I cry a lot, but I can't imagine what you did. I, um, I think from about midway in the second act all the way to the end, just yeah, tears off and on all the time. Little things, bits of dialogue, glances, um, just realizations. (laughs) Yeah, there's. See, if I say stuff that hit it with me, it becomes spoiler territory, and they are little tiny little moments. Yep, which we will get into in just over 40 days after this hits Disney Plus and it's streaming and everyone will have an opportunity to watch it. Yeah, Um, Um, really quick. If anyone's curious to check out, I mean, check out Tony Leung's like his entire filmography is great. I mean, they're not all perfect because no actor is in every perfect movie. Happy Um, Together will break your heart. Yeah, and everyone knows Hard Boiled. The one I always put people on if you're because they're never ready for it is Chunking Express. His entire library with Wong Kar Wai, <laughs> to be yeah. frank. <laughs> like uh In the Mood for Love is gorgeous and heartbreaking. Yeah, um, you'll like get some action and you're all ready for it, and then all of a sudden the movie's like, here comes an emotional freight train. <laughs> Yeah. Chunking Express might have been the first thing it has that I remember really breaking down and like studying it. I think I before that, that it was always like, this is cool, that's just cool. And I was like, I'm gonna study this movie more. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the director Wong Kar Wai, familiarize yourself. Yeah. He's uh, as important a uh, Hong Kong director as John Woo. I haven't seen The Grandmaster yet, which I want to. I don't think I have either. 
So that's one where he actually plays. It's more of a historical piece where he plays essentially Ip Man, the person who trained Bruce Lee, right in China. Ip Man, Hong Kong. Ip Man. Yeah. Yep. Which different actor? But go see, watch all the Ip Man movies. <laughs> Righteous for completely uh, different reasons. Yeah, no, most completely of them are, different reasons. Yes, the largest of which is Donnie Yen. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's great. Go see it. It stands alone. It is it is a Marvel movie. It is an origin superhero origin story. It is Yeah. Uh, all of those things plus more. And it what? also changes the direction of the Marvel universe yet again. I think we're gonna see that more. I think Loki, yep. WandaVision, Shang-Chi, and then clearly Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. The, yeah, it, it's the, you know, hold on to your butts, we're changing everything up. Yep. Kind of thing. If Shang-Chi did this, what the fuck is the Eternals going to do? <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. I'm curious. I always forget the Eternals is coming up this year, too. We're getting... Oh, yeah, yeah. November. Yeah, we uh, still have Hawkeye, the television series, the Eternals, right. and Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. All before the end of 2021. Uh, I will say, if you have Disney Plus, uh, it's been it went up there. I think last week. Um, go rewatch "All Hail the King," the the short that initially premiered on the Thor two Blu-ray. Um, it is you, you don't need it to like fully enjoy Shang Chi, but um, it will make you enjoy elements of it more. It really did increase my enjoyment to be yeah. honest yeah 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 <laughs> it's pretty great yep uh, yeah i feel like anymore and i'm gonna start going about little fun moments yeah no i think we're done <laughs> um I, I don't know if you when we were in the theater bean and i tried to stay very quiet during one part but Denise and I have never felt more called out than a scene towards the beginning of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. We literally looked at each other and then when it, and like and smiled and then the line happened and we both at the same time went, son of a bitch. Or <laughs> Yeah. Or yep. Yeah. Uh, I In fact yep. I believe I even heard Christian go. <clears throat> Okay, I'm I'm sorry. You've said Christian's name. I'm going to I I feel like I learned something about Christian during the trailers where his reaction to the Jackass movie was palpable. He I he's such a sophisticated guy. Who knew that like nut shots and being fired out of the cannon was also his jam? We apparently are. Go- we're all going on a movie date. Just the guys, because Denise was having none of it. I'm. I'm not having any of it. Oh, then it's just he and I. Yeah. It's like I sat there going, "Oh, jeez, I, I, I never, I never watched Jackass. I never got into it." But with Christian sitting in the middle of all of us, I could feel all of us just kind of turning, <laughs> going. I what think is- he almost started crying from laughing so much at a he, few yeah, parts. He did. He was so so happy about I it. I can't help it. it. I'm, awesome. I'm I'm there too. I, 
That's fine. Yeah. Um, I just put a link to the... I think, um, I think at the end he even said, I'll risk COVID to see that one in a theater. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I did put uh, um, the link to oh, the nice. Tony Leung uh, GQ article in the Facebook chat. I don't want to link any of the other articles because I don't think they're spoiler-free. Yeah. Especially the one with the Menger Zhang. Still so great. How I dare guess. you, Norm, feel called out. The and or a Denise and Aaron story. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's about <laughs> right. It'll all make sense if you know us and once you watch the movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, go see it. It doesn't need our help because it sounds like everybody's seeing it. Which uh, is good. I will say this: if you have seen us, seen it, and you follow, especially if you follow me on Twitter, eh, DM me. We can chat. Yeah, totally. I will totally talk to folks at length, whether you want me to or not. About it. <laughs> This also, in a weird way, makes me wonder if Black Widow had been theatrical only, if it would have done better. But I also feel like a Black Widow movie would have done better if it come out six years ago. Have you seen Black Widow yet? Yeah. Okay. I. We went. Eh, what the, the hell? Action's make, perfectly fine. We went. What the hell? Let's make it a Marvel, Marvel day, and we got home and we watched Black Widow at home. And uh, I can say that I am glad that I saw Shang-Chi in the theater and paid real money for it and would have regretted it if I had just saw it it on the small screen. Um, I am also glad that I watched Black Widow in the comfort of my own home on a small screen because I didn't care. Yeah, it's not bad. There's just... It's... But it's... It's just a Marvel movie. Yeah. There was nothing that... The only thing that st- stood out in that movie for me was Florence Pugh. And I look forward to her filling in the um, boots of... Natasha? Of Natasha. Right, yeah. Who... Maybe we're going to see her in the Hawkeye TV series. Maybe. Um... I personally think the Taskmaster reveal was a, not this. I, there's, I think somebody else would have made a better reveal. Yeah. Like, I, like, hey, I, right. I always have a hard time with the Taskmaster because he, it, it, he's one of those characters that he feels like he's the much like a Mazo or Deathstroke. It's like they're always the, the villain you can't beat. It's like that's not remotely true. Right. It's like you, no, this feels too over the top all the time. That and any villain that you can take out from space, I, no. <laughs> it's like Thor. It's like, yes, the Taskmaster can do everything that that uh, your team can do. Really? Can they smash you into the ground like the Hulk? Because I don't think they can. Can they bring lightning down from you from orbit? 
Right. No. No. <laughs> they can shoot an arrow like Hawkeye and they can throw a shield like Cap. Right. That's it. Yeah. It's great. As soon as you get into superpowers, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> At least with Amazo, they mimic superpowers too, I guess. Yes. Which is always weird. It's like, I'm going to copy Batman's superpowers. Batman doesn't have superpowers. You lose. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we all enjoyed it. And I can tell you that, Denise, I mean, we both know that, you know, she really enjoyed Shang-Chi. And when she is back, I'm sure she will have her, her thoughts as well. She will. I know that, yeah. like, Merrick and I have still been talking about it. It's Tuesday. <laughs> right. We saw it on Saturday. So, uh, yeah. So, what do we jump into first? What if or lower decks? Let, let's just roll into some more Marvel with uh, what if, because man. So, I think after talking about Shang Chi, this is a perfect place to talk about our sponsors. First up, well, Bridge City Comics. If you have seen Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and you would like to know more about the character and their place in the Marvel Universe, and I know you do, why then you have to go to Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. Uh, they will have any copy of what Shang-Chi is available right now. Uh, for some reason, Marvel is really bad at getting reprints ready before a movie comes out. Um, but there's still going to be stuff there uh, to check out. So find out, you know, the, or, you know, the original origins of Shang-Chi in the 19, uh, early 1970s, I believe, and, and all that fun stuff. Up into the most like modern interpretations of the character, you will find it all at Bridge City Comics, thirty-seven twenty-five North Mississippi Avenue. Um, and while you're there, you know maybe sound like me sound like uh, pick up a subscription box. That way, you never miss an issue. If there are titles that strike your fancy or characters you end up falling in love with, and that happens to all of us, that's the beauty of comics. Set up your subscription box. Doesn't cost you anything. The only thing that they ask is that you pick up your books at least. Once a month, you know, come by, clear your box out at least once a month because that's stuff that shops pay for in advance and they don't recuperate their money until, you know, you, you pick up comics. That is just the way the world of, of comic purchasing works. Um, so, yeah, get in there. Uh, maybe set yourself up a subscription box, pick up some issues of Shang-Chi, get some trades that have the character in it. And, um, yeah, while you're doing all that, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Like our next sponsor, Guardian Games, who have been there since day one. Find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Or you can also find them this weekend at the Rose City Comic Con. They are now one of the official game sponsors of the convention. And you will find them having a huge kind of like merch and gaming area within Rose City Comic Con. So, uh, you know, mask up. Be good. You have to have proof of vaccination, all that good stuff. Like the good gamers and podcast listeners, I know you are. And when you're there, stopping by, if, you, if you're attending Rose City, stop by and say hi to the folks at the Guardian Games booth. Um, I know Cable will be working. Um, say hi. Tell them you listen to the show. Do you enjoy it? But don't, you know, he's, he's working. So, you know, buy something if you want, but don't, you know, don't linger around and talk about the show. We are always happy to do that, but not when someone's working. They got jobs to do, friends. But, uh, yeah, big thanks to Guardian. In fact, if you stop by the booth at Rose City Comic Con today, um, you know, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. It goes a long way, and it keeps our beautiful partnership alive for this show. 
which we're getting back to right now. So we've got two episodes. Right. Uh, the first is, what if the Avengers never got formed? And the other is, what if Doctor Strange didn't uh, lose his hands, but his heart? Right. So mm-hmm. let's jump into the third one. What if the Avengers never formed? Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things that I liked about this episode is that it uh, reinforced that the events of Iron Man 2, Thor 2, and the Incredible Hulk, or no, Iron Man 2, Thor 1, and the Incredible Hulk all happen in the same week. Right. Yeah, which is a, that's, that's a hell of a week for Earth. Which is why they keep referring to that as Fury's busy week. Right. Um so it, it, it's essentially that all of the people who would have been the Avengers are taken out systematically by an unknown, unknown methods, an unknown assailant. Yeah, and um, we'll have, I think we can have spoilers on these ones. Oh, yeah. Um, which makes a, a fun murder mystery because it's like, oh, okay. I, mean, uh, I, I think the... the my favorite pieces were Asgard showing up on Earth going, so you killed the crown prince of Asgard. Yeah. We're going to go to war. Yeah. We're, you're, you guys have done screwed up. Yep. Foolish Midgard. Yep. Um, and to see everybody on Asgard behind Loki going, you killed my brother. I'm here to take over your planet. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, yeah. not wrong. Um, yeah. But then to have it uh, to turn that There's around. Also, in that era, he's Odin's doing the Odin sleep. Yes. Yes, so he is. Loki is kind of in charge if Thor's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the other is the, the great reveal of not just Hank Pym being responsible for it, but Hank Pym, deranged Hank Pym taking on the persona of Yellow Jacket. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's a great use of that. It was. I, I don't know why this one didn't click with me all that well. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't... It just didn't click with me as well. Uh, part of it is that I didn't sense much of a a mystery. Mm, Fair. Um, I mean, kind of right off the bat, I was like, oh, it's something nano. Oh, it's, well, I went, it's Ant-Man. In some form or another, it's it's a Pym particle is doing this. Um, I don't know why. Something about, you know, Michael Doug, you know, that, you know, Hank, that version of Hank Pym. I did like that he took on the persona of Yellow Jacket. That was cool. Uh, I don't know. Maybe part of it is it as a storytelling device, and I granted I know these are done in like half hour, forty minutes. Mm-hmm. But as a storytelling device, I'm kind of really burned out of you killed my wife, daughter, left me with nothing, so I'm going to burn the world down. I'm like, sure, well, just kill Fury then. Like Fury's the one you blame. So I, uh, it just didn't sit as well with me. 
I, I think it's the first two episodes were much more hopeful. Like um, having Peggy Carter become the super soldier and turning right. into Captain Carter, that is inspiring. That is still m- motivational. Um, right. That is still heroic. Um, in the sen- in the episode of T'Challa becoming Star-Lord, we get to see a galaxy that fares better because T'Challa takes to the stars. Yeah, and leaves, yeah. And leaves Earth behind, even if it's temporarily. And <laughs> that is also, it's like, oh, well, this is great. This is, like, if, if T'Challa had gone to space, Thanos never would have happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Granted, we still would have had ego to deal with, but that's something else. Um, that comes later. Yeah, this was the first one where it's like, oh, well, things things aren't going well, right? Um, we do get to see that Fury still has um, Captain Marvel in his back pocket because he's still got the pager and she's summoned, right? And which makes sense. Yep, and that nobody had um, found or woken up Captain America yet. Right. And it wasn't until after I'm like, well, that uh, it's like, it's still a pretty light crew. You've got two captains, Captain Marvel and Captain America. And then I remembered, oh, but the hammer's still on Earth. And the only other person that can lift that is probably Steve Rogers. Right. Uh, there, There's not going to be a vision. So vision is not going to lift it. Nope. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, they would... I feel like Earth would still be okay. Yep. Uh, it still has to deal with Loki. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think that uh, I don't. I don't think uh, the from what we've seen of Captain Marvel, I don't know that the entirety of the Asgardian army is going to stand up very well to Cap Marvel. Not, not really. Things are going to go badly for them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that w- it was all right, but it was it, like I wasn't as enamored with it as. No, it's, the it's been my least favorite to date, and that um, includes the one, the next one we're going to talk about. Yes, and that's the uh, Doctor Strange episode, which oof, it got dark. <laughs> it got really dark, um, but what I liked about it is it does, I think, what good what if stories do. They don't. Because, like, as much as I love the one with Agent with Captain Carter, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not taking it away from it, but it's still the story we know. Red Skull's defeated. It's it's like it's still the story that we know. The one with T'Challa is a completely different story, which is what I love when What If does that, and that's what this Doctor Strange one does. Mm-hmm. Is it gives us a completely different take on what could have happened, and in this one, it's. Yeah, what if he had? What if? What if he lost his heart instead of his hands? Basically, um, and it kind of uses that Doctor Who trope as there are fixed points in in time that cannot be changed. Yep. And in this one, Doctor Stephen Strange wants to save his fiance. Uh, I don't know that they they've gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Um, from from but, from the car accident. Yeah, Christine. Yep. Christine, and he literally starts to break all the rules of of magic to make it happen mm-hmm. and the horrible ramifications that has on literally their, his entire universe, not just earth. 
Um, I mean, this is definitely the bleakest one so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like it. Uh, but I also like stories about no matter what your end game intentions are, like if you give up everything, then it's never going to be worth it. Right. And I, I think it does a couple other things that are important for the series in that this in this universe, Strange is aware of the Watcher and interacts with him. Right. And, and we get more of the Watcher clearly has emotional investments in things that he's watching, but he also knows that he does not get to interfere at all. Right. Not even a little. Um, and I feel when you showcase that as a rule up front, that feels like that's something that's a, somewhere along this line, that rule is going to get broken. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember if the comics have ever had a Watu get involved. I don't think so. I mean, there was a. The last thing that I remember Uatu in was Original Sin, where he got killed and someone stole the Watcher's eyes. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That, that was what led. That's what led us into Thor becoming unworthy of the hammer and giving us Jane Foster's Thor. Right. Yeah. Which is not something that I put together until just now. Hmm. Hi. Oh, that's right. And the big bad in Love and Thunder is the God Killer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good girl. That uh, I see what could be happening there. Yeah. See. Hi, dog. Irma oh, thinks so too. Irma does. Hi. Uh, but I really like this episode. Um, it kind of gives me that. You know, that Frankenstein vibe in a way. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's finally able to save her and he's a monster and it's like, I, I did it all for you. And she's terrified of him. Yep. Rightly so. He's a, he's a monster. Yeah. Um, and unlike Frankenstein's monster, he was an active participant in the creation of said monster, unlike the creature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, side sidebar on this. Um, the one thing that I've wanted to be ask you about this episode this whole time is this when he's absorbing all of the creatures uh-huh. did you see the horned king from the black cauldron hell yes i did okay that okay. is exactly what i thought of. i'm like is that some black cauldron yes okay yeah oh that's the, i totally saw the horned king i i saw that and i'm like they didn't they didn't just do that, did they? Because some of the monsters, some of the monsters looked a little Disney villainish, like Disney monster villains, right? Um, but that one, the Horned King from the Black Cauldron, has a very specific look. Yeah, it's a very specific type of horns. Mm-hmm. It's well, yeah, it's the it's the yeah, it's the demented stag. Yeah, it is piping in that they also saw the same thing so uh yeah i i think that's what happened yeah i because i remember watching that i was like oh what oh yeah my bride was like that the horn king 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That couldn't have been the Horn King. I know there's a lot King. of people that work at Disney now, like in animation. I know they kind of, well, this is part of Disney animation. They kind of shot part of it out. But I know a lot of people that are of an age where they are now working for Disney in that kind of capacity. Mm-hmm. Do not look at the black culture in the same way the people who came before them did. Right. It's still a deeply flawed, flawed movie. And partially unfinished. Like, the final product is missing animation. It's missing some parts. That's why they cut a lot of it. Mm. Um, there has been rumblings for a couple years now about Disney reapproaching that, but doing the entire, like, series. Not just... Because the Black Cauldron is the third book? And they cram a lot of the other books into that movie. The Black Cauldron is the first book, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, but maybe the events of the book are like cover like books one through three. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah, and it, and it's just it's all over the place. Yeah. I I remember reading the book. I read those books in middle school. Uh but I um uh, yeah, I yeah, still remember the Chronicles Ter- of Parrot. Yes. Yeah. Is that Lloyd Alexander? It is Lloyd Alexander, yeah. Hi. The Black Cauldron is the second one. Book That's of Three, nice. Black Cauldron, Classic of Three, okay. Castle of the Year, Terran Wanderer, and then the High King. Terran Wanderer. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's is so that, Welsh. There's so many be, names in that book that are so hard to pronounce. Yep. It would make a great series. It, it really would, would, yeah. I don't know if Disney still has the rights to them or not. It's not like they don't have money to throw at people. It's not like it's even. It's also not like it's the Tolkien estate where you'd have to pay like billions of dollars for it. This is true. You know, it's good, but it doesn't have the same cash cachet as. And it's also a much younger geared books too, which I think is okay. You know, yeah, totally. uh, like let's let's get back to making some fiction and putting some good younger fiction into a uh, pop culture yeah. for folks. That's and don't be wrong, it's still going to be creepy as hell because A, it's folklore, B, mm-hmm. based on Welsh folklore. You put dead bodies in the cauldron and they reanimate as yeah. soldiers for the yeah. horned king that, that you don't get to paint a cute brush over that. No. That's what the black cauldron does. Are the Welsh the ones that have like that skeleton horse man that comes around at Christmas and you have to tell him stories or he like kills you? Yeah, that sounds right. Someone in the chat's going to chime in. It's a long way of saying that even as like British Isle mythologies go, uh, the Welsh probably have the creepiest ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're fun. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, but I, yeah, anyway. I really dig this one with Doctor Strange. I thought it was very well done. Um, um, do you know what this week is going to be? Marvel Zombies. Oh, yes. I'm really curious how is... what story they're going to take with it. Um, based on the minifigs, I know that Cap is a zombie and that Spider-Man is a zombie hunter. Other than that, I, I don't know. Okay. All right. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. The the minifig for Spider Man has him wearing the cloak of levitation. Oh, nice! All right. So I'm like, is he Spider Man Sorcerer Supreme? What's going on? 
Also, back to that strange episode, it was strangely, no pun intended, it was strangely (laughs) upsetting to watch the cloak get destroyed. Yes, it was. Because it kind of screamed as it died. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. It it was a very, um, it's a very loyal piece of fabric. Yes. It's not just a cloak, it has its own anima. Right. Like it is an enchanted object and it has personality. And as Mordo pointed out, it the cloak chose Strange. Strange didn't clo- choose the cloak. So to have that thing, um, have the cloak destroyed, that, that's very, very hurtful. Hi, what? What is up? Can't see her. She's doing these little paw movements. <laughs> no, pet me more. Pet me more. More. So- yeah, still having fun with the uh, with the what if, mm-hmm. uh, and then lower decks continues to just be bonkers yeah, in let's, the best way. Let's let's switch universes. <laughs> so the uh, the first one from not last week, the week before, they did uh, some character switch ups. Normally they pair off um, Boimler and. Uh, Mariner and then Tendi and Rutherford. That's mm-hmm. kind of the pairing for every episode. This episode, they paired off um, Tendi and Mariner, and then Boimler and Rutherford did their own things. Uh, right. Which was also, I think, a way for the writers to actually discuss the fact that, oh, wait, we always pair these characters off. What, why haven't we done any of these episodes with these characters? Um, right which it was it was also a fun way to kind of poke fun at the fact that although it has gotten better historically trek has not been all that great at the bechtel test nope so where tandy and mariner realize that they don't talk about each other when they're around they talk about they talk about the guys they're like mm-hmm. that's weird we don't talk about ourselves yeah um and instead that uh that that's all they did that episode was talk about themselves um mm-hmm. We'll, we'll always I'm, have Tom Paris as the title. Oh God, that's right. Because yeah. that's right. Because Robert Duncan McNeil guest starred as Tom Paris. That's still um, a lieutenant, by the way. Uh, that that means Harry Kim is still an ensign. He's got to yes. be. Um, so here's here's the thing that I I look at this episode and go, wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me I am going to learn more about the Orions and the Orion Syndicate? from the Star Trek comedy cartoon than I am for the entirety, the entirety of Star <laughs> Trek. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's I great, you are. but what? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. But I, I, yeah, the, the scenes with, uh, when they're on the Orion outpost and, Tendi's cousin calls her by a name that I can't remember now, but it's like something, something goddess of the, the winter solstice. Yeah. It's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Who is Tendi? Like, I have yeah. questions now. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought, like, it wasn't quite the, uh, the uh, Easter egg episode that the collector episode was. But it no. was fantastic. Um, 
and it was great to see these two characters run around and find out why they don't gel together the same way that they that uh, like Boimler and Mariner do um but also they find how things work out between themselves right uh, uh we get a weird explanation we get why Shaxus is back kind of sort of sort of which i thought was kind of great and mm-hmm. twisted in a way and that's not going to come back at all no not at all no not one bit <laughs> yeah this won't happen at all um as a cat owner i really appreciate that it didn't matter what was in the box it didn't matter that it got destroyed what mattered was they brought the box back so that she could, so that dr tavana could jump in it yeah and i loved her last week yeah that's the stuff uh, which got even better in the following episode with the mugatu it's mugatu right. gumato oh my god so they basically did the same thing that the previous episode did where they pair up um, Boimler and Rutherford. Mm-hmm. But unlike things that fail the Bechdel, like it, it was, I, I feel like it, it's a variant on the Bechdel test where you have your two male lead characters do nothing but talk about the female lead, which is all they did the entire episode. Yeah. All they did was talk about Mariner. They didn't further their own personal stories at all, except for the fact that they're both board gamers, which is also funny. Right. And they play the most boring board game ever, apparently. Yeah, which means that game is going to show up. It's going to show up somewhere, yes. At at a goddamn convention, and nerds are going to start playing it. Some nerd is, there's a group of nerds that have already started to figure out how to play this game. Though I'm still annoyed that there is not a commercial retail version of um oh god damn it the uh the ferengi game wait not the dabo table but the 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 game that quark and the other ferengi would always play and dax was the only one that they would let play with them oh right i don't remember but it's got all the trading and stuff right yeah yeah it's that called if anyone remembers what it's called and wants to pop that in the chat that's uh, that would be great um but yeah like tongo 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 yeah the card game that tongo. sounds right um i, th- I think that the, like we'll end up seeing some sort of version of that board game What I I didn't need to see was Mugatu's just humping it out like crazy. That was so disturbing to me. It was hilarious. It was hilarious, but I was not expecting that at all. I I laughed so hard. Oh, man. (laughs) I also like that they addressed the fact that the Ferengi that they're dealing with are throwbacks. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, good. So you, you do acknowledge that Socialism took root on Ferenginar at the right. end of Deep Space Nine. Good. Yeah. They're like, oh, great, throwbacks. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever heard of Quark? Of course we've heard of Quark. <laughs> <laughs> well, they even uh, kind of acknowledged that in the first season 
when uh, Mariner gets that her Ferengi buddy to act all old school, like, human! And he's like, thanks, yes. I don't really like doing that. She's like, oh, I owe you. He's like, yeah, you do. Human. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, the different names that they couldn't pronounce Mugatu correctly, which is a great little dig on the actual episode. So I, it's been a long time since I've seen that episode. That's Private Little War? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Private Little War. But so in that episode, first off, in the script itself, they write it differently. Even the writers couldn't remember what they called this ape creature with the horn or whatever. And okay. if you watch that episode again, it's called three different times by three different names, pronounced mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Okay. So I like that they still they still are running into that gig. Um, Good. Good. I love that uh, their uh, their lounge is bartended by the guy from. You know, from Pet Cemetery. Don't go, don't go on that. You know. So you have a hard what she does that. I was asked by a coworker, why did they have a main accent? That, that I think that's exactly it. Just because it, it, he's like he's a Stephen he's, King character. Yeah, he's the bearer of y'all. They hear about those yeah? bad news. Yeah, no, I think that's that's exactly <laughs> it. Like that's why, because fucking Pet Cemetery. Don't go up okay. there. Those things up there don't stay dead. <laughs> One step removed from Pepperidge Farms, man. Yes. Very close, but, but very not close. Quite. Yeah. Yeah. They're related. Like one of, you know, yeah. Pepperidge yeah, Farms, was... man, is from like the relative, but he had, but he moved to Vermont when he was like 20, so his act has gotten all fucked up. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll take that. that. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. I kind of loved it, though. Um, um, but I, I especially like the side story. What? Oh, there's a dog outside. Um, I like the side story of uh, Tendy going and having to get everyone's medical um, scans, mm-hmm. and then the last one turns out to be the doctor herself, and it. And it turns into taking any cat to the vet ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just chasing her through the ship. She hides under a shuttlecraft. She goes into the Jeffrey's tubes. <laughs> She's just <laughs> hissing and spitting and clawing yeah. at Tendi the entire time. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, they're really running with this cat gag. Yeah, it's pretty great. I kind Which is fine. It. It's like, yeah. please do it, but God damn, it's funny. Um, I love that, you know, when Boimler finally meets fucking Paris, Paris like, ah, Kazon! And shoots him. So good. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, both yeah, of these episodes con- are really good. Yeah, Lower Decks continues to be hilarious. But then, like, I mean, the whole time you're laughing, like, there's some still, like, there's some, like, good... Like Trek moments and not the big kind of galactic stuff, but the more personal stuff that Trek does. Mm-hmm. Like it's every episode has had that, you know, and it's, it's been, it's been very fun to watch them kind of thread that needle of we got to come with the jokes hard and heavy, but we've also still got to have a message too. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. It's been very impressive. Oh, oh yeah. Those things, the transport over there, they don't That's come right. back. They don't come back. 
Um, I don't know what the next episode is of Lower Decks. I know episode five is the mid-season because there's only 10 episodes per season for Lower Decks. Jesus. Yeah. It's already halfway through for the year. That's insane. I know. Um, but I'm not sure. Because I think they do a trailer eventually, but I just, I don't, I, it's weird. I don't watch them. I don't either. It's like, I'm, I know I'm already going to watch, so why bother? Yeah. I don't need to know what's coming up next for me to go. Yeah, I'm just. I think there. I only I'm know about it. Marvel Zombies because it kind of it shows up a lot. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of it. Yeah, I don't know what else we've got for sure. There's this one site saying like, "What can we expect from season episode five of Lower Decks?" Well. We're going to see Adventures with Mariner, Tandy, Boyman, Rutherford. Okay, website. You think? Nice. That's not, that's, that's not helpful. Yeah. And also, are you sure? You could, you could do an episode without them. It would stop being Lower Decks, but that could be a kind of a fun kind of meta thing, too. No, it, it could be Delta Shift. <laughs> They're never going to show Delta Shift. Well, the only way, the only way I accept them ever showing up Delta Shift is if it's literally the last episode of mm. the series. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want it to be like a big deal. I want it to be like fucking Sam and Max from Looney Tunes. You know, hey Sam, hey Max. I just want to just I want to watch him literally crossing in the hallway. Ralph, hey Ralph. Sam. That's right, hey Sam. Hey, Ralph. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. Sam and Max is a different thing. Yes, it's a it different is. animated thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, looks like we might have a shorter show tonight. That's all right. Yeah, I, I think I think we've earned it. Yeah. Uh, by, by not having a show last week. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I won't be here next week. Where I, will I, you be? I will on tell assignment? you off. I will, I will, yes, I will be on assignment. You'll be on assignment. All right. Yes. So we'll have to figure out how to pull that one off again. Cool. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It's not that hard. Um, I'm... I'm off work next Tuesday, as I was today. I didn't work today. Oh, is that a new thing or just... Because I'm working the con. Oh, right, right, right. So, like, I came back from my weekend. I worked yesterday. I have today off, and then I work starting tomorrow through Sunday, and then I have next Monday and Tuesday off. Eh, All right. I mean, so it all balances out in the end kind of thing. Sort of. It's also so that I can work... Any number of hours over this weekend, <laughs> right? And they'll just go, yeah, that's fine. Well, I'll come say hi. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I still need to see a floor plan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen the map on on their website, but I don't. Is it finally up? I saw it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I'll be around. Um. I will be on a couple panels. I'm in that really annoying thing that I can't say anything until the con weekend. Yep. Uh, but don't worry, folks. When you when I can, you will get tired of me saying it. No, we won't. That's true. Uh, I think, and I mean, one panel I know I either. am doing, one I'm doing that I can say, I'm going to be on a panel with a guy named Zach Davidson. He does a lot of English translations of manga. 
Like he huh? he's fluent in Japanese. Okay. He does a lot of translations, and he's doing a how RPGs kept me sane during the lockdown panel. He's like, "You want to be on it?" I'm like, "Sure." So I'll be on that one, and then that the other one I will be on has to do with uh, local Portland writers, hosted by somebody I can't say. All right then. Yeah, and then I might just bum rush Rucka at the image panel just because. I mean, I won't, but. but yeah other than that i'll be wandering around i'm not gonna i don't know if it's like i want to feel like i'm being ungrateful here i'm glad i get to go but i'm of a mixed bag and i think it's just because they just handled it so poorly we're we're still i think if months ago if they just said max you know vaccines vaccines are mandatory or proof of a negative test within 48 hours i feel like myself and a lot more people would be more comfortable. And I feel like they would also would have had way less cancellations. Yep. Um, yeah, well, so. maybe they may have still had cancellations because we are still living in a pandemic. Yeah. So uh, if you see me, I'd, like I won't shake your hand. Don't take it personally. I'll, I'll fist bump you. <laughs> I won't shake your hand. That's so, fair. Yeah. Oof. Pardon. But yeah, uh, you two will be back next week, and then we'll all be together the week after that and carry on our merry way. Yeah. I think I need to... Uh, I need to solidify some other things first. I'll do that. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Uh, well, with that, I'm Aaron Duran. And I'm Cable Hashitani. We will talk to everybody next week. Uh, except you. Recall, except me. Well, they'll be back next week. Uh, recall PDX, right? Yes, Total Recall PDX. Total Recall PDX. Uh, recall Ted Wheeler because he's a piece of crap. Who sucks so bad, his head of PR, who used to do PR for fucking reality shows, spent a week working for him and went, no, I'm out. Do you know how shitty you have to be to make a reality show marketing person be like, no. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. So anyway, that's our mayor. He's garbage. Recall him. Good night.